Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Well, C3 Calgary, it's great to be in church here today, either in person or online. We're just uh, so happy you're here. My name's Stephen. My wife, Brittany, and I um, are the pastors of C3 East Village, our downtown location. And uh, I'm also the creative director here at the church. And I love getting to be a part of the team here. And I'm excited to get to to bring this last message in our series that uh, God has a name. God has a name. That's an exciting thing. That's a pretty profound thing right there, that God has a name. But uh, we've been exploring um, a few of the names. There's, there's many revealed through Scripture, and we've ha- taken a look at a few, and I've just found them so timely over the last few weeks. Of re- the, What God reveals in His names to us is so important. And we often talk, and I know I often talk about the power of God, and we should because we believe God's powerful. Amen? God is powerful um, we, we often focus on that, but it's been good to take a step back and actually focus on his names because his names reveal that he's also a personality. He has characteristics. He has descriptors revealed in, in the Word. And so I'm excited to look at one of those today and conclude our series. Um, Pastor Lon and Kelly are with our C3 Saskatoon Church this morning, and they, they send their love, and um, I know that they always miss being here so much but they're there encouraging the guys there today. So make sure you're praying for them. And um, I know they're, they're missing being here now. They always are. But so that's why I'm here. And that's why I get to speak and conclude the series today. Have you guys ever found yourself in a situation, um, maybe, it's, maybe you've been to Costco or the, the grocery store, and as you're shopping, and my wife will uh, attest to that this is why she doesn't take me shopping very often. Um, as you're walking around the store, you just see a bunch of, bargains that you can't let go, sales, things that you didn't plan to go in and get, but then you start loading up the the shopping cart, and then all of a sudden you get to the till, and and they're checking through, and you're starting to see that number tally up, and you're just going, oh dear God, do I have enough in my account today? You start to get the nervous sweats on, has anybody else ever done this? And you realize you loaded up the cart with too much stuff, and you start to think, I don't know if this account has enough in it. I don't know if it's sufficient. Or maybe, maybe that doesn't relate to you because you're a way better budgeter than I am, but um, maybe you've gone to a specialist or an expert, you're wanting to find out about a certain thing. Um, maybe you're, you're buying a new car or a, a new computer, and you find yourself talking to the, the specialist, the person who's meant to be able to teach you and equip you in this area, and you slowly start to realize, I don't think this person knows what they're talking about. Has anyone been in that? And you start to think, you realize a couple minutes into the conversation, I don't think this person has what I need. Today's message is the God of more than enough. The God of more than enough. And I think so often I, and maybe you can relate, is that we come to God maybe like we come to that person who's meant to help us or our bank account when we've spent too much at Costco. And we start to think, I know God's good. I know God loves me. 
I know him as Lord, but I don't know if he's sufficient in this circumstance. I've seen him perform miracles in my life. I've seen him come through in so many ways around me. But in this circumstance, I'm just not sure if God is enough. I know I've been in that. Well, this message today is for you. So lean in and engage. Maybe say, repeat after me, say, God has a word for me. He does. And if you're online, type in, God has a word for me. As we look at how God reveals himself as the God of more than enough. So let's turn to Genesis uh, chapter 7, 17, I'm going to kick it off in verse 1. I'm, I'm so pumped um, about this because God reveals himself here to Abram, who will later be known as Abraham, um, and this he brings in a new revelation at this point of, of just who God is. So in verse 1, it says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. What a, already, I just got to stop there. There's already so much going on in this. See, we'll give a bit of context. Here we have Abraham, Abraham, later to be Abraham, very shortly. And he's been walking with God for years. He's, he's, God's revealed himself to him in, in many different ways. But Abraham's still waiting on a promise that hadn't been fulfilled yet. That was the promise that him and his wife, Sarai, later to be Sarah, was going to have, have a child, and, and that, that was going to go on to, and Abram was going to be the father of nations, and they're waiting on a, on a promise. Have you ever been waiting on a promise from God? And it, as time ticks by, the situations, the circumstances start to feel like maybe I, I missed the train on this one. See, Abram here was 99 years old, and Sarah was no spring chicken herself, and, um, and I don't care how much organic meat and almond milk in your lattes, by that point, the promise of having a child between them two uh, was fading away, and the temptation for Abraham would have been to say, I don't think God is enough. And there's many things on Abraham's journey that he, he goes through. We're all on a journey, different um, experiences we have and thoughts of God, but here, God is revealing himself as God Almighty. That's how it's translated in, 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 our, in the English. But the Hebrew word for that is El Shaddai. Can you say El Shaddai? El Shaddai. And that, that's the name of God I want to pick today, the God of more than enough. But let's keep, keep reading the scripture before we break that down a bit more. So uh, let, let's start from verse one again. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, El Shaddai. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down in worship. And God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you, no longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will, I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Wow, what an amazing promise. 
What an amazing statement to, to make here to Abram from God. Amazing revelation of El Shaddai. See, up until this point, God had revealed himself through, through the um, first part of Genesis in, in many ways. He revealed himself as, as God, clearly, as Jehovah Elohim, the eternal creator, as Jehovah Adonai, which means the Lord, our, our sovereign, Master Jehovah. We've seen him uh, through Genesis that he's the God of the seed, that he's a God who's the shield. Just prior to Genesis, 7, um, Genesis 17, he revealed himself as the angel of the Lord. But he's about to reveal himself to Abraham in an amazing, amazing statement and does reveal himself as El Shaddai. This is one of the Hebrew names used for God. It's used um, about eight other times in the Old Testament, alluded to all through the Bible, obviously. Um, and this is a whole new revelation for Abram, who's going to become Abraham, of the experience of God. So I want to break this down. So El Shaddai, El, E-L, means the mighty one who holds authority above all others. Hero, God. Awesome. Shad. Now, this word shad, S-H-A-D, means the nourisher, the supplier, um, to satisfy. Shad also in the Hebrew language um, represented mountains, which were, were a holy place. And it also uh, represented in, in the original language the, um, the idea of a mother um, feeding their, their baby, the, the breast milk, being that nourisher. This picture, this shad that God would be our nourisher, supplier. And then die means sufficiency, D-A-I, that kind of die, sufficiency, substance, and supply. This is the Hebrew breakdown of the word El Shaddai. When we combine that together, um, many rabbi scholars and, and, and language specialists would summarize the meaning of this name in three ways. The God who is the all-sufficient one, God where all-sufficiency comes from, and the God of more than enough. Isn't that a beautiful name? We've been singing about the name of Jesus and, and the, the names of God all kind of lead and, and accumulate in Jesus as we'll see at the end of this message. But I just want us to think about that, the God of more than enough, the God of all-sufficiency. What an amazing revelation that Abraham's having here. And I don't know about you, often I approach life and I even approach God where I'll say that God is more than enough. I'll make that declaration, but then the way I live my life is like he's not going to come through for me. Anyone else like ever made backup plans when God's given you the vision, but we're just not quite sure if he's going to come through for us. And I know so many of us would say with our words that the God is the God of more than enough, but then the pressure of this world, of our relationships, of financial strain, of uh, the voices in this world that would try to pull God down would force us to act like he isn't enough. But I believe today God wants to reveal himself and remind us today that he is the God of more than enough, that he is the all-sufficient one. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. We can trust and live our life knowing that God is our sustainer. Part of the, the faith journey that we're all on and that Abraham is, is on here is getting the revelation, but then having to walk it out. So you'll notice that Abraham didn't always get it right in his life. In fact, 
prior to this revelation and, and this declaration by God that he's El Shaddai in some ways is a, a reproof of Abraham because um, Sarah, his wife Sarai and, and Abraham decided to, to take matters into their own hands, so to speak, and they had uh, Sarai and her servant Haggai. Um, they, they come up with a scheme here, what Sarai did to have Abraham sleep with Haggai and, and have a baby and see if that would do it, to try and fast-tack the process. Now, I know God's into being proactive. Do you know that God doesn't want us just to sit around and wait and do nothing? I don't think that's the kind of proactive that God wants, though, where they try to use an ungodly means to fast-track the process. And then God's turning up and saying, no, I gave you the vision. You tried to take it into your own hands, but I have the provision for that miracle, that need you have, but it's gonna be on my terms. It's gonna be my way. Don't try and fast-track the process Abram, because I gave you the vision, I have the provision for you. But we all go through these things of not knowing if God is sufficient. And so I want to continue to look at this a little bit, break down some ways that we can maybe become more aware of God's sufficiency in our life, and then jump and look at the example of Jesus that he lays out for us. Now, it's easy to think, um, maybe, I don't want to speak for you or think for you, but I know it's easy to think when we talk about God being enough that we're talking about just the material wealth, just the stuff around us, paying the bills. And I believe there's a big part of that, um, but, I, but it's so much more. God's sufficiency is so much more than just the material world around us. But that's a huge part of it. And I'm not trying to, I'm not speaking and we don't preach a, a prosperity gospel here where if you just you know, um, tick the right boxes and do the right thing, God has to bless you. But what I've seen in the last few years of, of pastoring downtown and, and just in our own life is that most of us are more at risk of having a poverty gospel mentality in our mind than a prosperity gospel. And that's one that would say that um, God just wants us to scrape by and just get by in things and not do too well. And he just barely has enough for us. I think we're more at risk than that than, than the other extreme, which are both just as unbiblical. But El Shaddai doesn't speak of a God who just has a scrape by in life. El Shaddai does not speak of a God that is kind of just wanting us to just get across the line. No, it speaks of a God who is all sufficient and wants to pour out his blessing on us. And someone needs to hear this today. I, I, it's not really what I came to talk about, but God wants to bless you. God actually wants good for you. Well, some of the religious bones start to rattle when we say something like that. God actually wants you to do really well in life. Now, I'm not saying there isn't seasons or moments where our faith uh, has to come into play because we, we're not sure whether we can pay the bills tomorrow or do that, but our God wants to prosper you. Our God has good for you. And if there's been a lie in your life or you've told yourself or made excuses in your life, like we all do, that the reason that I'm stuck in this circumstance is because God doesn't want me to progress or prosper, that's a lie from the enemy. Our God is El Shaddai. He's the God of more than enough. And he's the God who has more than enough for you in your finances, but so much more than that. El Shaddai in our relationships. El Shaddai in our addictions. The God of more than enough the God who is all sufficient in our mental health strains, in our family life, in every aspect of our life, you name it, and I believe God 
is the all-sufficient one. And God wants to reveal himself to you as more than enough. More than enough. He is more than enough. But we've all had those situations where we just go, I don't know if he's enough. But I believe God wants to shift our perspective today as I find my place on my beautiful pink iPad today. Every aspect of our lives is limited if we don't allow and we don't understand that God is the all-sufficient one in them. So we can have one area of our life where we believe and proclaim that, that God is the God of miracles, while we close off the other area of our life thinking that God might just want to have us scrape through. But he is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one in all our areas. And this is not just an Old Testament idea that fades away as time goes on, but it's actually all throughout the New Testament. And really, it's the gospel that God is enough. That's the good news of Jesus, that Jesus came to show us that by our own means, in our own strength, and in our own ways, it's not enough. But through Him, through His sufficiency, through His righteousness, through what He did, we have access to a relationship with God. That it's not our own sufficiency, but it's Christ's sufficiency that sustains us, but also enters us into eternity with Him. The gospel is all about El Shaddai. The gospel is all about the God of more than enough. His sufficiency on our behalf. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, Paul says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, all times, that's not some things, sometimes, uh, occasionally, it says, having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Philippians 4 verse 19, And my God will supply every need of yours. Can you say every need? every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. In the letter to the Colossians um, in in the first chapter and throughout other areas in the New Testament, uh, the writers say that the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus. Isn't that an amazing statement? So what that's saying is any of the names that we've discussed, any of the characteristics that we've looked at over the last few weeks, including this one today, if the fullness of God was was made manifest or, or dwelt in Jesus, then we can identify and see those names and characteristics taking place. And we can, very much so of El Shaddai. Let's look at one example in John 6. Um, we'll start at verse 5. And the crowds have started to follow Jesus. He's been ministering and healing the sick and setting captives free because that's what our God does. And um, they've been following him for days here and, and starting to get hungry. And so we see in John 6 verse 5, speaking of Jesus, says, lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him. For he himself knew what he would do. Sneaky Jesus. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough. There it is, would not be enough for each time, for each of them even to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, 
There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? That's not enough. That's not sufficient, Jesus. But he said, Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves and when he'd given thanks, he distributed to them those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. More than enough. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. What an amazing story. And I know we've heard that so many times if you've been in church. But there's a few things in there that I kind of wonder about sometimes. Um, I, I wonder about why, why was there so many leftovers? Have you thought about that? Like if God was the God of just enough, well, he would have perfectly known how much people were going to eat and, and be able to just give them that amount and there'd be no waste. There'd be no dishes. There'd be nothing afterwards. Or maybe he knew his disciples well and knowing that a bunch of 12 guys, they were going to come back for seconds and thirds and fourths and fifths. Maybe he was stockpiling for that. But I think there's more to it than that. I think it's an example of who God is, that he is El Shaddai, that he is the God of more than enough. And yeah, he, had, he could have just perfectly pinpointed the exact amount, but Jesus was showing, hey, outside of God, yeah, by our own means, we only have five loaves and two fish, but with God, there's more than enough. There's more than enough to feed people. This is a fascinating story, such a display, a miracle, of course, but a miracle that displays El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. So often we look around and I look around and I go, there's just not enough. But I believe God is trying to shift our perspective today into not looking at what we don't have, but looking at what we do have. See here, the disciples were looking around and they said, we only have this, we only have these loaves, we only have these fish. It's not enough. But Jesus looks at it and goes, it's more than enough for God. He's looking at what's in his hands. And so my question to you today, to I, to ponder, to reflect, to maybe pray through today, is what is it in my hands that, yeah, maybe by myself it doesn't seem like much, but in the God who's the God of more than enough, it's plenty. What is in my hands that I've been overlooking? What is it that I have that I can bring to this world, that I can bring to people, that I can bring to my circumstances, submit it to God, give thanks and say, God, with this little I have, knowing that you're the God of more than enough, I can change this world. I can change this life. I can change this circumstances. What is in your hand today? What is in mine? I believe God, the God who is the God of more than enough, is asking us, what is in your hands? What do you have? Stop looking at that job promotion you don't have yet. Stop looking for that relationship you don't have yet, that husband or that wife. Stop looking at, at, at waiting until, well, when the bank account has enough money in it, then I'll do something great for God. Or, or when, um, when school settles down and, and I get through this degree, then I'm gonna step into my calling. No, God is saying, what do you have right now? What do you have in this moment? Where have I got you right now that I can use you to do something great in this world? God is not the God who waits until we have everything figured out. He's actually saying, no, would you take a step of faith today and say, what is in your hand? Use that, submit that to the Lord. So in this last kind of 10 here, um, as we bring it down, 
the final track here of, I just want a few points, very, a few of, I'm sure, much more profound and, and many more list, but ways that we could perhaps open ourselves up to experiencing El Shaddai. Because I know that my head and my thoughts can say it, but sometimes my circumstances create an environment where it's really hard to experience the God of more than enough. So just a couple of thoughts here as, as we finish is, um, number one is that our perception of God can limit our experience of El Shaddai in our worlds. This is the same for any of the names of God. Pastor Sam spoke to this last week, um, is how we approach God is often how we experience Him. So if we have the, the revelation that God is love, we, we approach Him as a God of love, we experience His love. But if we don't have that revelation, if we think that God's um, just a, a giant guy in the sky with a magnifying glass wanting to burn us like ants and we approach him, then we're going to experience that. We're not going to experience that love because we've blocked ourselves off. If we know that God um, is uh, forgiving, then we can approach him when we've messed up, when we've done a mistake, knowing that God's going to forgive us. That's how we can experience him. But if we don't think he's a God who forgives, then we're limiting ourselves from experiencing the fullness of the forgiveness that God has. Of course, we have grace and, and the Holy Spirit comes in and breaks some of those walls down, but we very much limit our experience of God by how we approach Him. So if we want to experience Him as the God of more than enough, then we need to believe and declare and prophesy in our worlds that our God is the God of more than enough, that He has something for us, that He has the miracle, that He has the breakthrough, that He has the clarity we need but if we don't even approach him that way, then we're definitely blocking off that experience. So our perception of God can really limit our experience of him as El Shaddai in our life. Are we actually open to God being who he says he is? That's a big question. Because if we're willing to ask that question and experience God in a new way, that means changes will have to happen after that experience. That means those things that we've got comfortable in, those excuses or those things that we've just got comfortable in and locked into living as, if God wants to reveal himself in a new way, then we, that would cause change in those circumstances that would actually then force us to live a different way. And experiencing God can be uncomfortable, but it's uh, in a new way, can be very uncomfortable, but it's necessary for growth. Abraham didn't always have 100% confidence. That's why he tried to take things into his own hands and him and Sarai. But he always came back to God and put himself in a posture of worship. It says when God revealed himself as El Shaddai, he fell down on his face. Now that's not him just falling over. That's actually him putting himself in a posture of going, God, I don't, I don't understand it. God, I can't see it in my natural eyes, but I'm going to trust and put myself in a posture of worship before El Shaddai. And that's what we need to do, posture ourselves in a place of worship so we can experience Him. He chose to believe it, even though His current reality said otherwise. Number two of how we can experience El Shaddai is look at what you already have rather than what you do not have. We already spoke of that one. Number three, we've got to understand that when God gives the vision, he'll bring the provision. When God gives us a vision, he will bring the provision. 
Again, I'm not only talking in a materialistic, natural means. I'm saying if he gives you a vision and then opposition comes up against that in, in, uh, in your health or in your relationships or in your walk with him, if he's given you a vision, we need to trust that he has the provision. I think I'm knocking on something there. Yeah, if I could have the keys come back up because God just doesn't give us a vision and then decide, oh, well, you just figure it all out on yourself and I'm just gonna wait up here. No, he actually wants to be involved in the process. He lays out a vision before us, but then he takes us on a journey of discovering that provision. So the third point there is when God gives you the vision, trust that he'll bring the provision. And fourthly, and this applies to El Shaddai, but also all the names of God, like many of these points do, is that when we know God's name or names, when we discover God's names, He actually gives us a new name. Now, I'm not talking about your birth name. You've got an awesome birth name. It's perfect. But when we speak of names, these are things that describe us. These are things that uh, prophesy to us. We all have names. We all have titles. You know, I'm a, I'm a friend to, to some. I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm a husband to Brit. I'm a, son, I'm a son to my dad. I'm a father. These are descriptors that, depending on what the connection is, helps people relate to me in a different way. You have names as well. This is the same as the names of God. But we see in the Bible so often when God reveals His name, He actually then starts to speak a new name into people. So he comes to Abraham and says, I'm El Shaddai and you're gonna be Abraham. Sarah is gonna be Sarah. We see it with Jacob when he wrestles with God and gets a new experience with him, he becomes Israel. Peter, one of the disciples who wasn't Peter, he was Simon, but when Christ asked him, who do you say I am? And he says, God, this is your name. This is who you are. You're the, you're the Christ. He says, yes, and you are Peter. He changes his name. And Saul, he changes to the Apostle Paul. When we experience God in a new way, he actually changes our names, changes what is said about us. And I really feel strongly in this place, the Holy Spirit's moving. And He's actually revealing to some of us here today, we've accepted names spoken over us that are not from God. Yeah, we've accepted titles or words that have been said that we've been calling ourselves and speaking over ourselves or someone else has been speaking over us and God wants to reverse that lie today because it's not the name He has for you. And I'm not gonna wait till the end of the message. I'm gonna do that, do it right here in this moment. I believe we need to take a minute or two to pray and reverse that lie of the enemy and speak the truth of God. I don't know what the name you've been accepting is. Maybe it's, Maybe it's too late, maybe it's useless, maybe it's too young, too old, not smart enough, not good enough. Whatever that name is that isn't of God, I believe He wants to break that today in the name of Jesus and declare a new truth over you. So if you're in this place and that resonates with you, why don't you just stand up and we're gonna have a moment of prayer. You've been accepting names over you that are not from God and you think today could be the day that He breaks it. And if you're not standing up, can you be praying for these people? Because God wants to do something in this place, in this moment. We're not gonna wait till the end. We're gonna do it right here. Just lift your hands up to heaven. If you're online, why don't you lift your hands out? That resonates with you. You've accepted names and titles that have been dictating to you how you live your life, how you approach your world. But God's gonna reverse that today. I believe 
if we posture ourselves in a place of worship. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for each brave person who said, yeah, I've been accepting some names that from this day forward, I'm not going to accept anymore. I'm going to take these titles, these descriptions, these things that people have spoke over me, and I'm going to send them back to the enemy where they came from, and I'm going to speak a new truth. So God, in every life today, over each one of these people, Lord, I pray that name that you want them to drop would drop right now in the name of Jesus, and they would let that name go. We reverse that lie of the enemy and break any stronghold off these people that have been spoken over them by themselves, by others, or by the enemy. And we speak the truth of God over their life today, that they're more than conquerors in Christ who strengthens them, that they're, they're, they're the head and not the tail, that they are loved by God, that they're sons and daughters of God, that they have a destiny, they have a future, they have a name that you have for them. And we reject any name that isn't of you. And we break that over these people. In the name of Jesus, we pray for freedom. We thank you, Jesus. You set captives free and you give new names to your children. So we thank you for it, Lord. And we trust in faith from this day forward. We're walking out with new names. Amen. Amazing. Take a seat, guys. I really believe God is breaking lies, maybe that have been in your life for years of different names. And He wants to give you a new name. So spend some time um, praying through that and accepting the, the God's names uh, for you. You know, the awesome thing about our God is it's always a name out of a place of being for us and not against us. So if there's any title or name or description that you feel coming against you that isn't for you, that it's not actually for your well-being, it's very safe to say that that's not from God. And you have the authority in Christ to reject that and break that off your life. So that fourth point there was when, um, when we understand one of God's names or we discover God's names, we uh, actually discover our name and something about ourselves. I want to finish with Romans 4, verse 18, speaking of, speaking of this story that we looked at in the Old Testament. Paul says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. His circumstance in the natural was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God being fully persuaded that God, El Shaddai, had power to do what He had promised. What an amazing Scripture. And I believe that for your circumstance, whatever you're facing today, maybe in the natural it feels dead. Maybe other people have said it's dead, it's never gonna happen. But not wavering in our faith, we can trust that God is a God who delivers on His promises, that He is the all-sufficient One, that He is the God of not just enough, He is the God of more than enough, El Shaddai. Will you let God, will we let God be that for us today? No, it can be hard. I know there's things telling us He isn't. But when we allow Him to be El Shaddai, position ourselves in a place for that, live out of that revelation, He comes through and delivers on His promises. He has more than enough for us today, church. And, uh, and I concluding this series that God has a name with El Shaddai, because I think it's important as we go about our days as a church and as individuals, we declare that over everything we face, He is 
the all-sufficient one, the God of more than enough. In this place, in this last minute here as we close, or two, as preachers always have an extended time frame of one or two minutes. But I want us to say, we've been looking at um, God has a name, the names of God, but the amazing miracle and revelation fulfilled in the good news of Jesus is that He doesn't just have a name. He decided to give Himself a face, hands, and a body and come to this earth and manifest. God has a name, but He actually made Himself a person in Jesus Christ. That's a miracle. And that is the way that we can experience God in, in full is only through His Son. The, the Word says it's only through Jesus Christ. If you've never started that relationship in this place, I wanna give you that invite today that you don't have to just talk about God as a name, as an idea, as a concept. You can experience Him in the person of Jesus. And I believe He wants to move here today. So if we could just close our eyes in this place and I'll give an invitation to pray a prayer with you that would place your faith in God and start that relationship today. So if you've never done that in this place or you wanna recommit to doing that, and, and maybe you've even thought about God as an idea, but you've never experienced Him on a personal, relational level, that's why Jesus Christ actually came. So I'm just gonna scan my eyes across here. And if that's you, can you just give me a wave? And all you're saying is, I wanna be included in a prayer to enter into a relationship with God today. I wanna experience my Creator. I wanna experience my Father. I wanna not just talk about the names of God, but experience Him. If there's anybody in this place, can you just lift your hand up nice and high so I can see it? Awesome, I, I see that hand. So good, I, I see those hands. Two very brave people, three very brave people so far. One here in the middle. Thank you for lifting your hand. You can place it down. So anyone over to, to my right, the left of the stage, I'm just scanning my eyes across here. Okay, just looking across one more time. If you lifted your hand, can you just lift it up again? I just wanna make sure I, I don't miss you. So lift your hand up high. One, two, three, four, five, four, awesome. So good. I, we're gonna pray this prayer and it's in faith and that what you've just done is acknowledge that you're placing your faith in God. And we're all gonna pray this together as a church and then we're gonna close up the service. But you guys have just made the most amazing decision. So let's pray this prayer together. Father God, thank you for coming to me and pouring out your love. Today, I want to experience relationship with you. Forgive me for any barriers or walls I have put up that have stopped that experience before. Today, I believe I'm entering into relationship with my Creator. Holy Spirit, fill me afresh today so I can experience that love from this day forward. Thank you, God, for loving me. Amen. Awesome. Congratulations on the greatest decision you could ever make in your life, just saying. We're so proud, that's a courageous thing to do. And I'd love to follow up with you and, and meet with you. If you came with people and made that decision for the first time, why not be bold after the service and tell them, I made that decision. Um, come to our information desk if you wanna find out anything. If you did that online, you can type that on the chat. We're so proud and happy you made the greatest decision of your life today. And you're gonna walk away feeling freer and knowing that God loves you and knowing that He is for you and not against you. Church, thank you for being here today. Um, remember El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Can you say that? More than enough. 
And thank you for letting me speak today. We're just going to turn our eyes to the screen here for this moment. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.